Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. Before we kick off the show, I just wanted to take a moment to remind you that the ICC Men's Cricket T20 World Cup Final is taking place in Barbados this summer. This, by default, gives all of my fellow cricket fanatics the perfect excuse to go and book a holiday to Barbados in June and experience firsthand the euphoric atmosphere at the Kensington Oval, the cricket mecca of the Caribbean. If the cricket alone isn't enough to tempt you, then let me be the one to remind you that a trip to Barbados can also include leisurely strolls along the breathtaking coastline, mouth-watering flavours of the world-class Bayesian cuisine, and, of course, plenty of rum. Head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today to book the trip of a lifetime to Barbados, the best place to be a cricket fan. You're listening to the following on Daily Podcast out here in India. I'm Andrew McKenna and we'll be bringing you a podcast every single day throughout England's tour of India, which is live and exclusive on TalkSport 2. On today's show, we'll hear from the England head coach Brendan McCullum, who's told SENZ that he wouldn't be afraid to pick a bowling lineup consisting of just spinners here in Vizag if it were necessary. We'll also hear from the artist Andy Brown. I caught up with him during the test match in Hyderabad to discuss his pieces and how he got into painting. You're listening to the following on daily. So the TalkSport team have arrived in Vizag ahead of Friday's second test between India and England with every ball live and exclusive on TalkSport 2. Let's start by hearing from the England head coach Brendan McCullum. He's been speaking with Israel Dag and Ricardo Ball on SENZ Breakfast in his homeland about the incredible win in Hyderabad. Nah, it feels good. Look, boys, we're obviously, um, you know, we're a little bit behind the eight ball for for a fair bit of the game, but the belief never wavered. We've got a skipper who's got an incredible ability to bind the team together and and uh, and a unit which, which fully believes even in difficult um, conditions. Uh, we were able to overcome... Uh, a very good Indian side, and you now we, we got a little bit of luck along the way as well, and, and ultimately we achieved what uh, the skipper put down as under our current, I guess, uh, regime, defined as our greatest test, uh, test success so far. So yeah, it was it was really good, and, and we're obviously pleased to to be now one 0 up in a, in a five match series. It's unreal, Baz. It's uh, it was test match cricket as well and truly alive. There was two games simultaneous that were taking place, and I was switching back and forth watching them both, all unfold. And the results that probably many never really predicted. But tell us about that belief throughout that match, particularly after that first innings when you were rolled for two hundred and forty-six, and then India put four twenty on you, mate. What what was said in the change rooms? Yeah, we're sort of we're pretty calm to be honest, mate. We we thought two hundred and forty odd was actually a pretty good score on the 
on that surface at that stage. I think the wicket sort of it kind of it was a little bit tacky to start, so it turned a little bit more mm. than during that stage, and and then we felt that that it sort of naturally slowed up a little bit, so batting became a little bit easier, and we were hopeful <laughs> that uh, <laughs> that the wicket would then start to take some some real bite later on, and and I think it did. So you know we we're, we're content with two hundred and forty odd, and and we had a couple of things go against us, you know, um, some tight calls and and a little bit of luck didn't go our way um, when we bowled, but we we kind of hung in there and and I thought the attitude was fantastic right the way through and we were able to see one of the greatest innings I've ever seen in the subcontinent from a from an overseas player and Ollie Pope's 190 oh, odd, yeah. um, and then you know the guys guys chipped in around him, so it was it was really impressive from. From that point of view, and then obviously when we when we had our turn to bowl and, and try and bowl us to a test victory, the guys really stepped up. And young Tom Hartley, who uh, who's on debut and who's only played you know a handful of first class games and was probably a bit of a punt selection wise, um, but we saw something in him that that we thought would uh, would work over there. And he's a tough character, and, and the way that the skipper handled him was um, was quite remarkable. And and he obviously bowled us to a test win. So yeah, there's so many different emotions, you know. Like for a period mm. there, we were we were obviously under the bat, <laughs> uh, and then to be able to come out on top, um, you know, the guys have, have taken a lot of confidence, and we're really pleased last night, but also know that it is a long series, and you know, we've we've got some work to do, and India will bounce back, bounce back strong, but we certainly celebrated last night. You love you love seeing Nunes burst onto the scene. You got Samar Joseph over in the West, and he's bowling some absolute heat, and they've got Hartley. Bowling for uh, for for England uh, getting a test win. Just just tell us about that selection. He's only played a handful of domestic cricket. Well, very few, really, really inexperienced. What did you see, and what were you saying to him after that first nine overs he bowled? I think he went for for sixty eight, two sixes in his first over against Yasmal, and uh, mate, he was under under the pump. Yeah, you know, like, like when we picked. Tom, it was sort of people raised their eyebrows a little bit, but let's not forget, and I think this is quite a pertinent point, like Nathan Lyon, he only played, I think, a handful of first-class games and averaged 40-odd when he first got picked for Australia, and he's gone on to have a fabulous career. You know, like when you see guys that you think who are good enough um, and who you think are going to suit the conditions, it's sort of horses for courses. So you got to back your judgment on things like that, and, and he was a guy who, who we saw a little bit of and, and we thought he might, um, you know, be able to... Uh, to be able to perform in conditions like this, and you know, no one ever foresees seven for sixty odd on debut or nine for the match. Uh, you got what sixty odd runs, a, a run out, and a catch. Yeah. No one ever foresees that. But yeah, sometimes you just gotta you gotta be a little bit brave as well with, with selections. And if you like a character and you like their skill set and you think it's going to be suited to the conditions, then then it's kind of an educated punt. So look, he was fantastic. I thought the way that that the captain, you know, Ben Stokes, the way he handled. Uh, Tom Hartley in the first innings when he bowled him an extended spell regardless of the fact that he was getting um, put under pressure by, by the Indian batters. I thought that was, was a real sign of, of leadership and also it was a clear message to not just Tom but, but those that are around the squad that you know when we talk about freedom, we talk about taking the game on and trying to come in and make a difference. You're not going to be cast aside or, or taken, uh, taken out of the crease, uh, taken off the crease, sorry, from... You know the first sign of danger. So you know, I thought it was it was a magnificent decision by the skipper to do that, and I think you know it, it allowed Tom to to feel like he belonged, and he knew his, he knew what his role was. So it came up trumps in the end, but 
you know, you've got to have a bit of a punt sometimes, and this one came off. It did indeed, it did indeed. Uh, what about Joey Bashir, mate? I mean, you know, we uh, all know about the issues he had with a with a visa and, uh, you know, there might be some political overtones to that given his Pakistani heritage, but uh, he's back in the camp now. He'll be he'll be, he'll be part of uh, preparation for the second test. How's he feeling about things? And, and did that situation help gel the team even more? Yeah, look, Bashir, he, um, he was obviously with us during our camp in Abu Dhabi and he really impressed with with his skill set, he was he fitted in seamlessly within the group, and he's a guy who's got an immense amount of enthusiasm, albeit at a young age, and, and pretty limited in his his first class experience. But he again, like Tom Harvey, he was a guy who we looked at, and we we thought he he's got some skills which which could assist us in these conditions. And um, you know, well, obviously the visa visa situation that's just life, right? Like sometimes that happens, and mm. um, and you know, everyone was doing everything that they could to try and. Resolved situation is just some red tape you've got to cut through at times. So, you know, he's here now. He turned up yesterday. He turned up at the perfect time, really. Uh, when he arrived, the boys <laughs> gave him a huge, a huge cheer, and um, and he got to witness <laughs> something pretty special um, with with the fellows bowling uh, bowling us to a test win. So, look, he comes into, cal- into calculations for the the next test match. Um, if the wickets continue to spin as much as what we saw in the first test um, as the series goes on. Look, we won't be afraid to to play to play uh, all seam, uh, all spinners or or, uh, or a balance of, of what we've got. So you know he, he'll be excited. But it's great to have him here. He's he's a great kid and and he's got a uh, infectious kind of personality and and uh, it's nice to have him around us. Baz, what does the next couple of days look like? Uh, just doing some reading here. Ravindra Jadeja's out. KL Rahul's ruled out of the second test. Does that change things up? for your approach and are you predicting anything different? I can't imagine that India will go anything away from a spinning wicket. Yeah, I don't really know. It's like, we're sort of, and you know what I'm like, I like to, you know, we plan as if we'll live forever, but we'll live as if we'll die tomorrow sort of mentality. Like we'll, we'll enjoy where we sit at the moment and we'll, we'll just sort of lap up, you know, the, the, the great experience that we've had over the last few days and tomorrow we'll travel through to uh, to Vizag and, and once we get there we'll start to turn our attention to that game and, and have a look at the conditions and, and make a call. You know, you're not going to get every call right, um, mm. especially in conditions over here. It's hard to read some of these wickets, right? Um, but we'll we'll make a decision and then we'll we'll go we'll go quids in on trying to uh, trying to commit to that and, and see where we land. But look uh, obviously, you know, Jadeja and Kale Raul and, and also Virat Kohli who's obviously um, mm. not playing the next game as well. It's you know you want to play against the best and and you know it's disappointing for for the Indian side that that, uh, that those guys won't be available but they've also got incredible talent pool to pick from so whoever comes in will will be uh, will be difficult so we're going to make sure we do our homework on them. Brendan McCullum speaking with Israel Dag and Ricardo Ball on SENZ Breakfast. Staying with Hyderabad for a moment during the match, artist Andy Brown was on the boundary edge painting the scene. During day four, I went down to see him to have a chat about how he got into painting cricket matches and how it all came about. Welcome along, pitch side at the Rajiv Gandhi International Stadium, where Andy Brown, the artist, is uh, painting the scene in front of us uh, of a game that is developing and is developing almost as much as your artwork. Andy, um, thank you for finding the time to talk to us because you're a very busy man putting this together. Um, why cricket for you? 
I'm an English guy, first of all. I mean, that's it. You're born and raised on this stuff back home. So to come and paint cricket in India with such a historic two teams, I mean, it's, it's a dream come true. So I'm loving it. Can't beat it. And we just got another wicket, so that's even better. This is something that I wanted to touch on in the fact that what we've got here is a picture where we can see the stands, we can see the players on the field. How do you choose the moment that you want the image to be? Yeah, especially today, it's going to be incredibly difficult because it's going back and forth so much. The last few days, of course, yesterday I had Ollie and Macrice at bat. Um, today, at the moment, I've got Ollie at bat because he's, you know, had an amazing, an amazing uh, day five or day four, sorry. Um, so at the moment, it will be Ollie, but let's see what happens. I mean, anything can happen. So I'll, I'll, I'll see it. I'll change it as we need to. That's the beauty of painting, paint over it. In terms of concentration, lots mm-hmm. of artists, you know headphones on they yeah. need to be totally zoned in here we've got 30,000 people screaming and shouting does that almost find its way into you and therefore onto the canvas absolutely that's what I want to do that's what I'm, I'm trying to I guess I'm an impressionist so I'm trying to get an impression of everything all the senses around us so the sound the noise uh, the movement of the crowd um, I want people to look at the painting and feel like they're actually being transported there and got a sense of the day. It's not photorealistic, but it's hopefully got the atmosphere and it captures the, uh, what Indian, or cricket in India is like. So what made you start painting in the first place? Where did the initial, yeah. if you like, bug come from? Right, well, I, I was always painting from being a young child all through my life, but I was teaching uh, art and design in South Korea for 10 years. And while over there, I started watching baseball. And I thought, oh, this is very interesting, and it's an interesting sport, a new sport to me. And I realised that in South Korea or in baseball or in any stadium, really, you can see a lot about culture. The national anthems, the flags, the food, the smells, the way people celebrate, the heroes. Um, and, of course, the way that the game is played in different places, varies from one place to another. So I started painting, painting baseball in South Korea. And then I started travelling around South Korea doing it, seeing different cities, looking at the geography, the religion you can see in the background of the stadiums. I went to Japan, Taiwan, China, and now I've been all around the world painting baseball. I think I've done about 18 countries now about 120 different baseball stadiums. Um, I painted all 30 MLB stadiums. I did that in 2019, and uh, it's been pretty good. It's been all right. Yeah, that's a heck of a journey. I imagine that's very entertaining. Um, in terms of cricket, then, where mm-hmm. have you painted around the world? I'm, I'm guessing this, this isn't your first rodeo. Well, it's, it, in terms of cricket, I've, I've not really painted much. I, I did a couple in uh, Sri Lanka. That was 2014. So that was South Africa um, against the, the local team there. Um, and I was at the, I was at the, um, uh, the Trent Bridge uh, test a couple, couple of, uh, couple of years ago, but that was just in the stands with my dad, so um, that wasn't anything official. So it's nice to be here with my easel, with all my gear, and able to do it justice. It's worth pointing out that we are actually just behind the advertising hoarding, so you're not part of the stands. You've got the official accreditation. Yeah. How easy is it to get an accreditation to say? I'd really like to come to your ground and, and paint it, please. I mean, is that sort of thing that, that takes a lot of explaining? It takes a lot of explaining, it takes a lot of patience, it takes a lot of hard work, but also it takes a lot of imagination from the people you're sending an email to. So there's a lot of people, some people get it, and they can see the power in what I do and the way the, the fans have reacted, the way social media has reacted to it, and, you know, the way it captures history. So, um, so yeah, you know, once you've been doing it for 10 years or so, like I have, then, you, you know, the doors open a little bit easier, but it's, um, you know, it's, it's never a straight line. So we've got an oil painting, or is it this, acrylic? This is acrylic, this one. I, often paint I, with I sometimes watch Portrait Artists of the Year, so oh, I sound yeah, like I know what I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah. I've got absolutely no okay. clue. So this is the bluffer's guide to interviewing, Fantastic. I'll be perfectly honest with you. Fantastic. Yeah, this is, a, this is acrylic, just because I'm travelling, so I'm going to do all five tests. So, um, you know, I've got about 
two months nearly doing this. So um, the acrylic is easier to travel with. I have traveled with oil, but it's very difficult. You're, you're using a hairdryer in a hotel room at <laughs> one, in one in the morning or something, trying to get onto a plane the next day. So, um, so this time acrylic, just to make it a little bit easier for myself. And I imagine getting through um, airport security with all of this. I mean, I, I speak from someone who has to take broadcasting right. equipment through, which sometimes takes some explaining. Any issues get going through airports? No, typically not. Oh, typically good. not. Typically it's been all right. Again, I've had my oil paints confiscated a few times. So again, after that, you, yeah. you decide, okay, well, maybe the acrylics is a better way forward. Um, but no, in general, it's, it's, it's all right. It's not too bad. So this piece of art that you've got here, it's landscape in in orientation um size wise would this be about what you'd normally do or is this if you like size that you can complete it in the time that you've got of the five days of this match right no i i do one a day and i can do any size really like it's i i I tend to find that the bigger i work i just speed up the brush movements i use a bigger brush um i mean i do little sketches during the day as well so just over there i've got the ladies dusting down the wicket or cleaning the wicket between the between the innings and stuff so on so um I, I, I tend to like to go bigger, to be honest, but because, again, travelling and just the logistics of it and what I can put in my suitcase, well, I've got to, I've got to work to a manageable size. I was going to... You've just mentioned about the sort of the, the quick versions. Mm-hmm. I've seen that some people take, take photos yeah. and then work from that. Do you prefer to sort of stay with, with your version of it yeah. and maybe work that way? Yeah, no, I, 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 I do. I have a studio and I paint when I'm back in the UK in the studio. But you can't beat painting live. For me, it is all about the noise. It's all about the distractions around you. I, I, I love getting lost in the whole, the whole thing here. In terms of weather and, and light, I mean, mm-hmm. art is all about mm-hmm. light, they Absolutely. always say. You can't get much better than this, can you? No, it's fantastic. Again, um, you know, it varies through the day. To begin with, when the sun's rising, you've got that slight haze still, and then it gets darker in the evening. The same thing kind of comes down again. And then you've got this gorgeous sunlight right now. So, again, the painting will change. It's... it's uh, it's, you know, you can't tell the weather from it necessarily. You can't depend on it like the, the Met Office, but you can get a sense of what it was like here over the, you know, the day. So you do one a day. This is yep. day four. What have, what have been the stories, if you like, of, of the previous days that you painted then? Well, of course. I mean, we've had the, the phenomenal Indian performance, the phenomenal um, bowlers that they, they put out. The, um, of course, yesterday we had Ollie in the crease. Um, but it's also the stories within the crowd so along with being the game it is also the crowd so I've got the gentlemen over here the, um, the two gentlemen who are covered in, in body paint head to toe in the, the Indian flag they've, they've made an appearance of course we've got the Laxman um, uh, pavilion over there and the Azruddin so we, we put those things in I've got today I've got the Barmy Army trumpet man so Simon the trumpet's there it, he's in there so um, you know he's a big part of the crowd he's a big part and the Barmy Army of course we've got the flag up there so we've got them recognised because here they are today and they're making a lot of noise thank goodness and for anyone who's watching the video version of this VVS Laxman stand just above the word Laxman that's where our commentary box is so if you want a little reference point that's where we've been talking to you too uh, from the, uh, the last few days so when do you head over to Vizag for the uh, for the second test? I'm not not actually sure. I mean, I guess whenever this finishes up, and then um, I've got to work out how I'm going to get over there. And uh, it's all it's all been a little bit of a rush because I only found out that I was coming like about a week ago or ten days ago. So it's been a very um, well, just pick up the paints and get on a plane and see what happens next. So so we'll see. You've got a nice seaside location over there, though, so that'll give you, again, talking yeah. about the field, that'll give you a very different vibe. Absolutely. Different vibe, different culture, uh, different part of the country, so I'm really excited to see how that compares to this one and just, you know, soak it all in. I've taken enough of your time. Thank you so much. Thank you so very much for having me. It's been an absolute pleasure. 
Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. If your passion for travel is on par with your passion for cricket, then I have some excellent news. The ICC Men's Cricket T20 World Cup Final is being hosted in Barbados this June, which makes it the perfect destination for your summer holidays this year. To make the most of your trip, you can also experience eight matches from the series in Barbados, including... England against Scotland and England against Australia. In under a month's time, you could be spending your days exploring the vibrant streets of Bridgetown, drinking rum in the sunshine and experiencing exotic Bayesian delicacies. In the culinary capital of the Caribbean, there truly is something for everyone. There's no need to wait a second longer. Head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today to book the trip of a lifetime to Barbados, truly the best place to be a cricket fan. Artist Andy Brown. This has been the following on Daily here on TalkSport 2. We'll be back tomorrow where we'll hear exclusively from the England batter Zach Crawley. Just a reminder, the second test starts on Friday morning and we'll have live and exclusive ball-by-ball commentary on TalkSport 2 from 3.30am. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. And this is your gentle reminder that Barbados is the best place to be a cricket fan. With eight matches from the ICC Men's T20 Cricket World Cup Series taking place in Barbados this summer, including the final, you can experience the summer of a lifetime by booking today. Aside from immersing in world-class cricket in the sunshine, Barbados is the dream destination for all travel enthusiasts. It is where adventure meets paradise, the culinary capital of the Caribbean, and better still, the birthplace of rum. If you are keen to unite with cricket fans across the globe for what is set to be an unforgettable summer, then head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.